It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside Mike Evans, Mark Schlereth, Scott the Hub producing the show. want to thank uh, some of our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Superbook, America's Best Bet. Check out Superbook. Also, uh, Monarch Meds. Um, see, ch- check out the, uh, the relief spray and the relief cream. Something I've been using, something that uh, I think works exceptionally well. Had a couple of guys at the gym that uh, are using it right now that uh, that uh, pulled me aside yesterday and just said, man, I, I tell you what, it has cured my shoulder issues. So uh, relief spray, relief cream, monarchmeds.com, enter the code STINK for 20% off and free shipping. So anyhow, the great folks over at Monarch Meds. Mike, how are you, my friend? I am good. I'm good. The the, the whole country seems like, seems to be in like a, a deep freeze right now. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Our friends down in Texas are, are dealing with sub-zero temperatures and snow. Thoughts with them? Yeah, we had, uh, we had actually, we had a pipe freeze uh, at my house, and uh, I was so nervous because, you know, if, if the pipe splits – then you're in deep crap because oh. when it thaws out, then it's spraying water all over the place. And luckily, it was over the top of my garage in my bedroom, in the bathroom in my bedroom. So um, I uh, it was in the in, in little toilet area, and it was the toilet. So, man, I put a little space in here and, and shut the door. And, and hold your breath. Yeah, I, I shut off the water, put a space heater, and then I turned it on. A couple hours later, it's like 400 degrees in that bathroom. Yeah, been a great day. You know, it would have been the one time you could sit down on the toilet and go, "Oh man, it didn't it wouldn't even shock you, right?" <laughs> That's right. It was like, "Oh, this the, is like a sauna." It, this yeah, it might great. burn you. It was so <laughs> damn hot in there. But uh, luckily, I turned the water on and there was no leak, so I I repaired the toilet and um, put it back together, and uh, no no leaks there. But it was one of the things about. When it's 18 below out, I mean, we had, we it wasn't 18, but wind chill was in the 20 below zeros. It was like eight, nine degrees below zero every morning when you woke up. Um, not, you know, it's not a great time to go out and do things like walk the dog and everything else. So I ended up watching some Zach Wilson film. Yeah, tell me about what you you saw of him because his stock is soaring. Yeah, you know, I... I you know, again, I haven't really studied Trevor Lawrence, um, although I did watch his pro day. His pro day was less than impressive. I think it was less than impressive. I agree with you. I mean, he's a big, tall, strapping kid and stuff. I, I'm not so sure. Now, again, it's just a cursory glance at, at you know, a YouTube video and stuff, right? So I'm just watching, um, you know, cut-ups of him, him playing. But I will tell you, man, I loved his foot energy. Like he, he is so quick in his drops. He's so quick. Um, he has got a great base and that and that foot energy, that base becomes rotational power. And you can see, you know, how live his arm is. And a lot of that comes from the way his his base is so his feet are so quick, his base is so good. Um, definitely has a hose. I mean, definitely can sling it. He's got great touch. Um, I just was really impressed. He just looks the part. And the other thing that I, I looked at, you know, and a lot of people will look at, hey, you know, well, lesser competition or whatever. Well, part of the lesser competition is you have lesser guys you're throwing to than you do in at Clemson or that you do at Ohio State. I'm talking tight window throws, downfield throws that require touch, that require accuracy, velocity. I mean, he is throwing it into – 
into co- he's throwing covered guys open. He's making, in my estimation, the throws that I see in the NFL that you normally don't see in a week to weekend competition in college football, where guys are you know. I mean, I saw a bunch of Trevor Trevor Lawrence highlights where guys are seven yards beyond the guy covering them. Right? These are all shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip, like unbelievably tight window throws. So I'm looking at it going, damn, I'm not so sure that I don't think he looks more impressive on tape. Now I haven't, again, I haven't really studied Trevor Lawrence, but my initial kind of just first blush at Zach Wilson, I was impressed. Well, that matches up with with how the evaluators seem to, to view him and how the mock draft boards have him. By the way, as, how, the, as the number two quarterback off the board. How cold and how bored was I yeah. to sit down and watch Zach Wilson film? It was cold. Yeah. And oh, you were bored. Yeah. It was cold and it was boring. Because so, I mean, literally you normally do not start looking at college prospects until, oh, maybe a week before the draft. <laughs> yeah. Until I'm forced to. The draft has kind of been the bane of my existence yeah, for I a know. long time. I, I have not really. Like, this draft, you know, there's a lot of draft and mock draft fever and guys get all excited well, about it. Well, you're supposed to get all fired up about something that at its core is basically a 50-50 crapshoot. Well, think about, think about, we've talked about this before. From 2009 to 2016, 23 guys drafted in the first round to play quarterback. Of those 23 first-round draft choices, again, from 2009 to 2016, at a position that has all kinds of longevity now, right? So those 2009 guys should be literally in the primes of their careers, right? So 2009 to 2016, 23 quarterbacks taken. There will be, after Carson Wentz leaves the Philadelphia Eagles, there will not be one that was drafted that remains with his original team. Yep. Now, maybe this current era we're in, Mahomes, Watson, Allen, Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, you know, maybe maybe this will this group will completely flip that on it on its head. You right. know, and we'll be looking at guys who are with their Teams and quarterbacking their teams for you know ten, ten plus years, maybe right, maybe. But you know the sample size is still small enough with this current group of quarterbacks that we don't know yet for sure. And all we do know is that this seven eight year span that we just came off of, where the results were terrible. Yeah, just remember for every Mahomes, there's a there's a uh, Rosen, right? I mean. Right. How many guys? Rosen's been with what now? Arizona, Miami. He just re up with San Francisco, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, and, and he was with Tampa too, by the way. He was with Tampa for a while. So, I just, I'm just, you know, yeah. it's just one of those slow, things. Slow where, your roll. Slow, slow, slow your roll a little bit when it comes to these guys. And, uh, and, and, and we'll see if there's a new pattern that emerges. But right now, the most recent one, um, isn't so good, but all right. Good job, good job. Maybe I should start giving you more homework assignments of, of people to scout. Let's not. Let's, huh? It's Maybe a little Mac Jones yeah, uh, for the next podcast. Sunny. Huh? It looks like it's going to be sunny in about forty five today. So that, that <laughs> not that. Don't do that huh? to me. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. How about, how about you dig deep and find some Trey Lance highlights, and you can uh, break yeah. down Trey Lance for us all? Mm. How about that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I'll right. get right on. All it. right. We're going to need another cold wave, I guess, to uh, lock, another Arctic chill here. If we want Mark to take a look. <laughs> some of these guys. Hey, what, what do you make of the whole Urban Meyer story? So for those who aren't aware, Urban Meyer hired um, Chris Doyle 
who was the strength and conditioning coach at the University of Iowa until 2020, when he and the school agreed to part ways after he was accused of making racist comments and bullying players. Uh, Urban Meyer hired him, and there was immediate backlash to the point where Doyle turned in his resignation and Urban Meyer accepted it. Uh, what's what's the, the lesson learned here? What's the takeaway? Well, I think, I mean, obviously we have, you know, we have a culture in which people are very aware of people's past transgressions and and i think that's i think that's good i also think it's it's really good we are a country um that will forgive people and will give people opportunities and second opportunities i i think the bigger forget about that i hope chris doyle is you know has um looked at the error of his past ways and i hope he you know, can can rectify those things, right? I I, I hope that for him. Um, I, I would say this. I think the the interesting, the more interesting thing to me here, Mike, is that Urban Meyer is going to have to be very aware of what it takes to coach in the NFL versus the collegiate game. You have an opportunity to be a dictator in college. You have the opportunity to do some things that um, that you probably can't get away in the, uh, with in the NFL because you're coaching grown men and because those grown men have options. And so I think there's just a different dynamic, and I'm not, I, I like, hindsight being 2020, you hired a guy because he was your friend or because you knew of him and you just, decided to gloss over some of the the past transgressions. It doesn't fly, you know, the next level. Guys will call you out, and they'll hold you accountable. And I just think there was a real transition. And I'm not saying that Urban Meyer won't be great. I'm just saying that there is a real transition from the collegiate game to the professional game that you have to learn. And that takes time. And it'll be really interesting to see exactly how you make that adjustment. Think about the greatest college coach we have ever seen to this point was some would some would say really didn't do very well as a head coach, and that's Nick Saban. And you can say whatever you want. Nick Saban had some years in Cleveland and stuff where he was a great, you know, really good football. I don't think he changed. I don't think he's not a good football coach. I just think there are a, there's a transitional period when you become a head coach in the NFL and there's a different player mindset and you have to approach it with that different mindset. And I think that's one of the reasons we've seen so many guys from the New England Patriots get opportunities in the NFL and not succeed with those opportunities because they've taken that Patriot way mindset and think they can apply it anywhere, and it doesn't work that way. You have to earn the right to apply that mindset. You just can't come in there and say, this is the mindset, this is how we won in New England, and now you guys are going to adhere to it because guys are going to rebel. You haven't, earned, you, you, haven't, you haven't stacked up the pelt, so to speak. You haven't earned the right. Yeah, especially in college. College, you go, you get to be a, a dictator. I mean, you're a dictator. I mean, you are, you are king, and everybody must bow to you. Mm-hmm. 
if you want to play, if you want to keep your scholarship, whatever. But you get to the NFL, and all of a sudden, these these guys, you're dealing with men who are like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. You're not going to treat me that way. Right. You know, and you're not going to have this guy, Chris Doyle, screaming at me like, you know, I'm some 18-year-old freshman. Right. Not going not gonna to happen. Yeah. Not going to fly. And you're right. Not, not every coach under, understands that. And this was a, a painful lesson for for Urban Meyer to, I, yeah, to learn. I think it's all. I think any any walk of business. I say this all the time. Um, you know, with my my the, my own business ventures, you're either in the relationship business or you're going out of business. Yep. And I think it's that way in college too. I think you have to get the relationship of your players, but I think there's more leeway to basically be a dictator. Um, to say this is the way we do things here. And because the program is constantly, you know, you're, you're constantly recruiting, you're constantly turning guys over, you're constantly kind of de-recruiting once you get them in their program, and and everybody kind of adheres to what's in place. In the, in the NFL, you know, when you get that opportunity, you're trying to create a culture. Right. And I just, I, I, again, I would say the number one thing, that I think you have to have is authenticity. And I'll, I'll just take it right to the Super Bowl. I can't tell you how many times during the course of the season when Bruce Arians, you know, like basically hung Tom Brady out in the wind and said, my, my quarterback's got to play better this, that, and the other. And all these national shows were all like, oh, that's a bad thing. You can't do that to Tom Brady. You know, oh, bad, bad deal. And... It was interesting because, as you know, I have a, a relationship with Bruce. Bruce and I are friends. And and talking to Bruce and knowing who Bruce is, had Bruce not done that to his quarterback, one, Tom Brady wants to be coached. Tom Brady's, unlike many other superstars, in the locker room, he is a regular dude. In the locker room, he makes he, he puts everybody at the same level as him. He is not above anybody in that locker room. He is right there with you. Like he he that's part of his that part of the incredible persona that he brings to any locker room, part of the incredible culture building that he brings to any locker room. And Comprady wants to be coached. He wants to be coached hard. So that's part of it. But think about this. If Bruce Arians has always I mean, if you play for Bruce Arians, there's no virgin meat on your ass. It will get chewed. All of it. So if all of a sudden Bruce Arians, who has chewed everybody on that roster's ass a time or two, publicly, behind closed doors, you name it, he's done it. If all of a sudden he treats his quarterback with kid gloves, he loses every bit of credibility that he has built over the last couple of years. Every bit of it. And so I would say if he would have done that differently, then the odds of you winning a championship are slim because all of a sudden you've lost your authenticity and your credibility. I get where you're going with Brady. And 99% of what you just said is is true. He is one of the guys, and that's uh-huh. what makes him unique. But if we learned anything this year, he had juice. He had juice. And in terms of he, – he got to play general manager as the season mm-hmm. went along – it started with him asking for and getting Gronk. He wanted Antonio Brown, um, Leonard Fournette. 
I mean, whatever this guy wanted, he got, and he got to wield uh, some serious GM-type clout. And I, I can't help but wonder, my original thought, Mark, was what we're seeing in the NFL right now is maybe the NBA effect of guys getting a chance to pick where they go, play where they want, play with whom they want, and maybe we're starting to see that leak over to the NFL with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, guys, and maybe even Aaron Rodgers. I wonder, in retrospect, if it might be more the Brady effect, that you've got these NFL guys like a Russell Wilson who are like, man, I was just at that Super Bowl, NFL man of the year, and I'm watching Tom Brady, a guy that I went toe-to-toe with and lost, and here I am sitting upstairs, and here this guy is out there winning another Super Bowl with a different team at a place he wanted to be with players that he's throwing touchdowns to that he went out and asked for and got. I wonder if it's the Brady effect that we're seeing yeah. well, around it's, the NFL. It's interesting that you brought that up because Antonio Brown was a guy that the Seattle Seahawks worked out that Russell Wilson expressed interest in and that the Seattle Seahawks decided not to sign this year. That's That went down. Now, I will tell you this. The one thing that was really out of character to, for me with, with Russell Wilson was, you know, complaining about being hit too much, complaining about all those things, and full well knowing that, come on, really, dude? Like, you take a lot of those hits from extending plays and holding on to the football and doing all that stuff. So, I mean, isn't some of that your responsibility? Don't don't you have a certain amount of responsibility in those things? Yeah, I'm with you on the Tom Brady thing. It's it's interesting. And, you know, knowing that situation with Antonio Brown or like you look at the tight end room that the uh that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had. Uh, you know, they had OJ Howard. They had Cameron Bray. They had, you know, they had some guys that had been productive in the past. I get that you want that familiarity of of uh, Gronkowski, and also that Gronkowski is a, a he's a damn he's he is the best just pure wide tight end guy that can line up and block and dispense justice on the edge and do all those things. I mean, he has got that. He is he is so good at that stuff. And the Antonio Brown thing was was interesting to me for Tampa because I did a game, I did the game right after they signed him. And it's funny talking to Tom Brady right after they signed him, um, or the reports were signing. We're like asking about Tom. Antonio, oh, did we sign him? I didn't. I'm, right, I'm unaware. Right, of, right? right? Because right. did we sign him? I'm like, come on, dude. Right? But they did adhere to their quarterback's wishes of getting Antonio Brown, and it did come with stipulations, both to the quarterback and to Antonio Brown. You screw one thing up, and you are gone. And Tom, you got to sign off on that. And Antonio, you just have to understand that this is the way it goes. So, yeah, but you're 100 percent right with the the power that Tom Tom Brady has. But also, like it's easy to give in to a guy like Tom Brady that is the hardest working guy on your team, that is the the unquestioned leader of your football team, that becomes an automatic you know, locker room favorite because he he relates to your entire team. He doesn't act like a prima donna. He doesn't act like a superstar. He he is he's the guy that leads you. And so I think from an organizational standpoint, it's much easier to say, hey man, we're gonna try to make that work for you. 
as opposed to a guy that you look at and go, dude. Like I would have a more, I would have a tougher time with Russell Wilson basically complaining about getting hit all the time if thirty five percent of the times you're hit are your fault. Like then I would say I have a, I'm, I'm having a real issue like taking you seriously. Like are you that, are you that out of touch with what, how much you bring on yourself, and then you're gonna fire off and 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 basically insult every guy that's that's busting his ass in front of you. That's not cool. That that is to me that is not cool. And you've held your tongue for a long time and you haven't been great up front. I get that. But again, understand kind of your understand how much culpability you have in that. Well, here here's the fun part for us and for all of us as football fans. The NFL season is great. The offseason might be even more fun with all the speculation and rumors and Is this guy unhappy? Is that guy unhappy? And we come back to Deshaun Watson. And I'm telling you, some of these rumors that are starting to pop out, reports, you know, Mm -hmm. air quotes, reports. How about this one? Uh, That the Panthers are willing to offer three number one draft picks plus Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson. And And don't forget, they just signed... Teddy Bridgewater to a $60 million a year deal, right? Doesn't matter. This guy is is quickly. It's amazing to me. I, I I mean, I always liked Deshaun Watts. I knew he was always held in high regard. I didn't realize that we were looking at a unicorn. Right. All right, this right, right. time. Yeah. Because the way that his stock has soared since all this began, it's like, you know, flip a coin between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Right. They're the same guy. Right. By the way, which he, I don't rem- recall hearing he, right. going even into this season. He, he was four and twelve this year, right? With the Houston Texans. Yes, he was. Well, well, it was so dysfunctional, though. I I would tell you this. You know, it's it's kind of I get in this argument all the time with people like what which came first, you know, the quarterback or the roster, uh, the chicken or the egg type of thing, right? And I, you know, it, it just is. It's so interesting to me that. You know, people just uh, like there is this kind of thought process that, hey, man, all you have to do is get the quarterback in place. You get the quarterback in place, you build the roster around the quarterback. Right. And I would say, well, Mahomes, didn't you have Fisher? Didn't you have Schwartz? Didn't you have their center? Was drafted in 2015. Didn't you have uh, Kelsey? Didn't you have Tyreek Hill, 2016 draft pick? Didn't you have like all these all these pieces in place? Didn't you go get yourself in a trade and Alex Smith as you built this roster up and then you went out and found your unicorn quarterback and you could continue to pay these guys while you you moved up to 10 overall to get that guy and it's all worked like isn't isn't the fact in Kansas City, didn't you factually, didn't you build that roster first and then add the quarterback, add that component? Um, didn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, they they picked Jameis Winston, and he was, you know, it was an abject disaster. Remember, they picked him after that rookie wage scale was in place, right? Correct. So they picked him. And as they were building, they they built a great roster around him. Then they went out 
They were 7-9 with him. They went out and got their quarterback, but they had a great roster in place, and they added pieces to that roster. I understand yeah, that this Tom year. Why did Tom Brady choose Tampa? Right, because they already, win roster. They, right, they already had a, a roster built. Um, Seattle Seahawks, didn't they build the Legion of Boom and a great defense? Didn't Wasn't that in place, and they were able to pay those guys after they got – then they went out and got Russell Wilson? You know, they found him in the draft. I, I'm just uh, – like – Right now, if you get, like, for instance, you get Deshaun Watson. He already comes with a contract, right? It's locked down. You've got the contract. You're going to lose. You're going to lose salary cap, like, space because the salary cap is supposed to go down to 170, 190 million, something like that. Was to what? 230, 220, whatever it was. So let's say you're losing $40 million of cap space or or, our overall cap. You've got a quarterback locked in that you're going to have to pay. Um, oh, by the way, you're going to lose your next three first-rounders and maybe some second-rounders, too? Like, you're losing all that stuff? And on top of that, um, you know, the, you're going to have to overspend on free agents to fill any holes you have that are marginal starters that you're going to have to pay premium, premium prices for? I mean, how much success are you going to have? But I, like, That remains to be seen. I just, like, there's kind of two different trains of But you of know what's going on here, right? I mean, what you've got here is you've got the understanding if and there are smart football fans out there they understand the importance of the quarterback position uh-huh. let's face it the importance of the quarterback position has really taken on an almost mythical yeah. status right yeah for sure and so this idea is that man you know we've been struggling to find that kind of quarterback here's a guy we can go get he's proven it's going to cost a lot everything you just said but at least we got him now. Right. And then now we can go about patiently building around him with the understanding that, okay, maybe maybe it will take a few years, but he's only 25. So by the time we actually can build a roster that, that he can win a championship with, he'll only be 28, 29 years old. Quarterbacks are playing until they're 40. Psh- we yeah. can definitely take the long view with this. So it's it's really what you're getting. What I'm what I'm hearing is people are like, it's like that first time you get a credit card. It's like, huh, wait a minute, you're telling me I can go buy things right now, and I don't there's, have to, Hey, there's no consequence, and I don't have to pay for it for right. like a long time. I can put it off. I think that's what you're hearing a lot when it comes to damn the cost, go get Deshaun Watson. You know, it's it's kind of for me, and I'll end on this, Mike. It's almost like the the Hall of Fame thing. Well, what makes him a Hall of Famer? I'm not 100% sure, but I'll know a Hall of Famer when I see one play, right? I know that guy is. I know that guy isn't. And, like, from a value standpoint, what would make what would push it over the top to the point where you're like, man, I keep, that's that's too rich for me? And I don't know right now, but I'll know it when I see it, right? right? I don't know. That, like, hey, man, you can't overcome that. Right. Regardless of how good that guy is, you're not overcoming that. And it just feels like one of those I'll know it if I see it. So we'll see. I mean, it is such a, you're right, 100%. It's such an interesting time. Free agency's around the corner. The new league year's going to start here in March. Um, I mean, it is going to be, it's going to be Katie Bar the door. It's going to be fun. Well, it is going to be great. I, I know you got more college tape to grind through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you go get to work on that. Oh, yeah. Wait till the next cold snap. <laughs> All right. For everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast, I'd like to thank uh, the great folks over at Superbook, America's Best Bet. Check out Superbook. Also, uh, Monarch Meds. Check out the relief spray. I guarantee you're going to love it. Uh, make sure you enter code STINK 
to get 20% off and free shipping. For everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we appreciate you. We'll be back with you later on in the week.